Welcome back to Let's Talk About It. I'm your host, Nate Marroquin. And as always, let's thank first responders for what they do on a daily basis, protecting our communities, serving others, and keeping people safe. You see that the title of this episode is The Discipline to Pivot. And I'm excited to dive into this one. So let's talk about it. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, as you saw in the title, we have Dr. Chris Morgano, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. Hey, Nate, thanks. Uh, yeah, my name's Chris. Uh, Nate and I went to high school together, um, uh, kind of went different paths, but then sort of converged at the same time. So just a bit about me, um, grew up in Santa Clarita with, with Nate here, and uh, went off and uh, did chemistry in college, thought I wanted to be a professor, but ended up going to med school. Um, throughout that time was pretty... Uh, fortunate to have been in the San Francisco Bay Area and get exposed to a lot of things that other doctors were doing, not just um, clinical medicine. Um, got kind of involved in the startup scene there and then found my way into biotech investing. Um, ultimately found out that I sort of wanted to do that uh, in, instead of clinical medicine. Um, and so kind of took uh, uh, the off-ramp and went through consulting for a bit just to get a little bit of um, sort of real-world uh, skills. And then um, ended up uh, doing life science uh, investing. So um sort of just investing in companies that produce drugs. That's pretty awesome. I remember when I got out of the military and you're maybe halfway through med school or almost done with med school, I was like bugging you like, hey, what's have to be like in my, what has to be in my application? Like, what do I need to do to pass the MCAT, all that other stuff? And you were super helpful. And, you know, we haven't really talked, like we didn't talk that much before, after we graduated high school, but, you know, I saw on like social media that you, you got into medicine and um, I remember I used you as a resource and I feel like a lot of people need to find someone who someone has a mentor or someone that they can interact with just to kind of get direct information because sometimes they'll jump on like student doctor network or whatever type of blog it is and there's just all this bs on there that can drive you insane because it's not direct information oh yeah i mean i like that's a life tenant um i actually was really excited that you reached out because i know like we had known each other in high school but like um I know you went into the military and then to see you sort of pursuing a, a career in medicine, I was pretty stoked. And I, I think um, maybe like you, um, no one in my family had ever gone to do something like that, let alone, um, you know, think of these things. So I had to figure it out um, kind of along the way. Um, and so, you, you know, I love to just share the information that I had because it was um, not so easy to to get. And also, yeah, like you say, when you're on these websites, um, a lot of a lot of advice out there is there's a lot of great advice, but there's a lot of bad advice too. And so it's helpful to sort of have a, a little bit of a filter and anyone that you sort of trust or is doing the thing um, it has a little bit more cred. Uh, and so, yeah. Um, I think that's very true. Like you get on those websites and you said there's a lot of good information, but I feel like the people who go on those, those websites are the people who are pissed off at something and they're letting out their anger and that's all you see, you know? Um, and that's why like this podcast is something important to me is so I can make sure this information that I want to talk about is out to other people. So you're not just kind of like scrambling for information if it talks about medicine or, or hard work or work ethic or discipline. And that kind of dives me into our topic, you know, the discipline to, to pivot. Um, you said you went into medicine and you, at the end of your, your schooling, you decided to change your career. Like what went through your mind at that time? And were you struggling to, to say, Hey, you know, I spent all this money. I spent the last four years of my life struggling and going through stress to get to where I'm at. And then I'm going to shift my whole career. Like, how was your, how were you mentally? I think it was an extremely difficult decision to make, especially sort of being um, a first generation to professional school. 
I'm doing something like medicine that many people would say, this is a great career. Like, why would you ever kind of um, uh, throw that opportunity away, so to speak? Um, but a number of things went into it uh, for me. And it was an edu- it, although it was a difficult decision, it was a very educated decision. And so like that's the diff- like I think if people are thinking about making big career changes, um, uh, there's definitely one side of the argument where it's like, uh, you know, there's this inertia or like people telling you this is a bad idea. Um, and some of that you should discount. But at the same time, you shouldn't just like drop everything if you have children and like have no plan. Right. And right. so when I when I get to it, like, yeah, it was an extremely difficult time. And that's because I didn't um, the, the challenge. Uh, there were a number of challenges. So one, it was sort of um, my family, my family, they've always been supportive, but they kind of questioned this decision. The second aspect is um, I wasn't sure it was what I wanted to do as well. I, I, you know, medicine is actually a pretty good career and I saw myself in it, but um, there was something telling me that maybe there was something more that I'd enjoy a little bit more. And if you think about a 30 year career, um, you better try to optimize as much as you can because you're going to be spending the, you know, the next 30 years of your life doing that thing. And then the third aspect was while I was in that transition period through consulting, I wasn't really, I didn't, uh, that was more of a kind of boot camp to like gain some basic skills. Um, and that process wasn't, um, uh, wasn't sort of the end career that I wanted to do. And so all those things made it really difficult. And then at the same time, like you said, you add the financial pressure. And I was lucky enough to um, not have dependents. So I was just responsible for myself. And, um, you know, I didn't have uh, to take care of family members, for example. Um, but uh, kind of, I guess, when I got in, in my job in consulting, I saw sort of people fresh out of college, like doing almost the same thing as me. And at that point in my time, I was like, am I doing something pretty wrong here? So anytime you make a transition, there is sort of a level set that you have to like get over. But ultimately, I think, um, like you said, just sort of mental toughness and and just sort of determination to start to keep going and not give up and to keep kind of following the path that you you think you're um, you should be moving along is is sort of the way to go. I'm happy to dive into any of those aspects in detail because there's you know time that I could talk about each one of those. Definitely, I kind of want uh, to piggyback off all of that. You know, again, you've already said this. You're a first generation student to go to medicine, college, and medicine, right? That's correct. Right. Same here. You know, we're taught at a young age, especially since none of our parents went to college or had a, like an education like that, is to do something successful. And, you know, when you think about it, we think medicines are the only thing that can make you successful. And there's very various avenues that you can be successful in and make good money and provide um, financial stability for your family in the future. So, you know, you're kind of like following this passion that may have not been yours, you know, and I'm, I'm reading this book currently. It's so good. They can't ignore you. And in mm-hmm. this book, they talk about the passion hypothesis, we're such, such drive, drove, driven in our head to follow your passion and you'll be happy with whatever you do. And this guy, he, he fights that. He's like, that's complete bullshit, you know, because he has numerous examples of people following their passions and getting there and hating what they do and then trying to find the next passion. And I like how you talked about transitioning and doing your consulting and then having this boot camp where you build these skills. He says, that's what you do. It's called the craftsman hypothesis to build a career that you love. What you do is you basically build these skills that make you undeniable. You learn all these skills, all these techniques that you can basically bring to a company and say, hey, this is what I've done over the X amount of years, and I can bring this to the table. And I like that you said that because you said you transitioned and you were like, I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing. I'm just learning the skills. And now you're doing something that you know I'm sure is enjoyable. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. So I mean, just picking up on something you said there, um, you know, one thing I really 
emphasize is, uh, especially for anyone in any anything that they're doing, is there's always something pretty valuable to learn, no matter like how much you're enjoying that thing. And yep. so like to get into the specifics for me, like consulting, like, so I went into life science consulting, um, you know, somewhat relevant for our backgrounds in medicine. And um, there, it turns out there are a lot of companies that are in healthcare and um, make drugs, make uh, devices, all these kinds of things, right? Um, and I was learning how to price them. And when I was there, I thought like, and, and also when a drug launches, um, you have to get it covered by insurance companies. This is called um, market access, so to speak. So making sure that, okay, kind of negotiating, is this price acceptable um, uh, to this insurance company? Will this insurance company cover this drug? I thought, why the heck am I doing this? This is not science. Like I was, you know, a nerd. Like I want to use my scientific knowledge. Um, turns out that in investing, understanding the price and the access for a drug is really, really important. It defines sort of the market size for that drug. And so now I look back on all that time that I sort of thought I was wasting and think, wow, I'm really actually grateful to my consulting company that I work for because it's incredibly useful. And I have like this deep insight. And that's just like one analogy, like literally everything that you do is it, you should be learning from, even if you don't like it. And this is like a cliche, but that's important signal. You know, you're, 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 you're learning that you don't like something. I think for me, I didn't recognize that enough early on before I went into medicine. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I went into medicine because I, I like science. I like helping people. And like that's sort of, you know, the merged together. Right. But I didn't actually know like what doctors did on a day to day basis. And sort of when I volunteered, I kind of wiped that all away because society was saying, oh, this is sort of like the best career you can ever choose. And um, I didn't really listen to that internal part of me saying, I don't know if I like being in the hospital that much. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I think there's always something valuable to learn, um, even in experiences that you like more or less. I love that. So I have a couple of things I want to make a point out off of the, that conversation you just had. You can learn anything from even if you don't like it. And I remember being raised by my mom and she would say, she, this was like a mantra. She said, even if you love it or if you hate it, you give 100% and you'll be successful. And again, you are learning from the things that you don't like. You know that you don't want to be in that career or, hey, this person did this wrong and I'm going to do it right or learn how to do it right the next way. And I like that you said that because there's life, we're always learning. We fall down, we get back up so we can be better the next time. And so that we can pass it on to friends, family, and kids so they don't make the same mistakes. My second point is kind of like when you were saying like you you had you you liked medicine or you liked science, then you got into consulting, and then you were talking about like pharmacology and drugs. Again, to kind of go back to the topic I was talking about for that book, he calls it career capital. You're building all these skills. Like, sure, it may not be directly consulting about drugs, but you learned pharmacology and medicine in medical school so that you now you know have a little, a little bit of background. So when you go into that consulting, say, hey, I know these drugs. And then your consulting time in like transition, you learned how to manage that med like the finances and the money for that stuff. So again, you built all this stuff so that you can be in a successful position right now. And then my last yeah. thing, you know, I want to talk about is, yeah, not, not a lot of people know what practicing medicine entails. You know, you learn that a lot in your third year. You, before you go to medicine, you have to shout on all this stuff. And you're like, oh, this could be cool. You know, and then you go into your third year and you start to pick and choose what you really like. Like I had an internal medicine rotation last month and I don't like hospital medicine. And that's so true. And I don't want to care for people. I mean, that, that's sound, that sounded wrong. Correct myself. I well, don't want to practice. It's, it's yeah. You want people doing that thing that they just absolutely exactly. love because ultimately that provides the best care for the patient. And so exactly. There should be a matching process. Right. So like, I realize that I want patients to care where they're seeing their doctors. When you're in the hospital, 
No one wants to be there. They're sick. They're dying. No one wants to be there. And I don't want to be around that. So that's why dermatology interests me so much because it's outpatient medicine. You get to do procedures. You get to do medicine. The patients want to be there. They care about their skin. It's the thing that people see, you know, so they're going to listen to my advice about taking certain medications or the procedure that I have to do. And also dermatology is going to allow me to have more freedom to be with my family. You know, you can work yeah. a very, very good life, work very, very hard and have a very good lifestyle. And that's what I like about it. It's one of the number one reasons I like about it, because I do have other business ventures that I want to practice outside of medicine. I own this house we live in right now, but it's going to be a rental. One of my goals is to have multiple properties that I can rent for Airbnb and make money that way. You know, I want yeah. to own a gym and I want to open, own a couple of practices where I kind of just oversee everything. But right now, getting into dermatology, having a couple of years where I can make pay off my loans and have this money, a good income where I can use that money to invest into other things is kind of my end goal. Like I want to practice medicine, but it's not like, like you said, I don't want to do it for 30 years. I don't want it to define me because I always feel like I'm a versatile person. I've always felt like I was multifaceted and I liked, I want that to continue with my life and not just be tied down to one thing. Yeah. Something sort of related is like, there's this, um, Chris Rockbit, and he said something kind of getting back to the sort of, um, oh, follow your passion is, is there's a kernel of truth to that. But, you know, in the real world, like what is what is it actually mean? And he said something that was like funny, like the advice is actually follow your passion uh, or like do something that you're good at, that you're passionate about and that there's a market for. Yeah. And so it's like there's like these additional aspects to it. Yeah. It's like one, you should be good at it. And so like and the reason why is because I feel like the world is getting just more competitive, more competitive. And, um, and so basically the, the bar to being successful in anything is getting higher and higher. And so you have to sort of like, how's the way that you compete? Well, one, you could be naturally good at something. That's one way. Two, you could just be so interested in it that you put in the effort to get really good because it's not just being talented. There are a bunch of people that are talented, but don't, you know, level that up. So it's the comp and then if you have the combination of your talents plus your interests, that's like pretty unstoppable. Cause imagine just like um uh you know, competing against someone who really hates doing something versus someone where it's like, oh, this is like what I would rather be doing than most other things. So there's that aspect. But then the comp then the third aspect is like that there's a market for. So if you want to take care, if you wanna have a family, have these goals, um uh, you know increase your lifestyle these kinds of things um you know that requires resources and you have to interface with reality the reality is that like not everything is is um rewarded um it, you know it, you could you could want to paint bowling balls for example but and maybe there's like a niche community that would buy those bowling balls but it might not be like a a very large market for example so you have to have like the thing you're interested in hopefully it aligns somewhat with your talents and then also that there's someone at the end of it that's going to pay you to do it I love that. That's another thing in that book that he kind of points out. It's like, if someone's going to buy it and you have the effort and you have the skills, you're going to do well and you're going to have that freedom to live that lifestyle you want. I love that you said that and broke that down into those three parts. I like to, I like to bring up the part where you're like, people are talented and you know, they, that might get them to like, let's say a certain level, but someone who may not be so talented who outworks that person is going to go a lot further because again, it's that hardship and that discipline and that consistency to keep going and, and to the willingness to get better. And I love yep. that you brought that up. I saw something on Instagram the other day and it was something like, you know, there's so much people who are extraordinary, so many people that are extraordinary, but I have consistency. And he's like, there are so many people that are extraordinary that don't have consistency and they fall short of where they want to go because of that. 
And I love to preach. I, I say it in every one of my episodes, consistency, 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 and you're going to go somewhere in life. So, I mean, just, just seeing um, you do, do all the things that you're doing, like what, like what helps you be consistent? You know, I've kind of talked about this on the last episode. I just kind of look back and just see what I've overcome. You know, like I was raised by pretty much a single mother. Most of my family are addicts. I deployed three times. I broke my neck and told I was never going to walk again. I'm going through a hard profession. You know what it is to go through medical school. And I just kind of look back and just tell myself like, shit, dude, like I've overcome all this stuff. Why can't I overcome this little thing to be consistent? You know, and I just kind of remind myself that I need to be successful and it doesn't have to be massive amount of money. It doesn't have to be a massive house. I have to be successful for my wife and my kids. If I'm a good husband and a good father, then I'm going to be successful. And that keeps me going every day. And, and some people don't have that, but there are things that gives you a why, you know, and that's so cliche, find your why. And that kind of goes to like the passion thing. But again, you know, those are the little things that you can remind yourself every day, like on the mirror in my bathroom, it has Dr. Marroquin on it. It has the date I broke my neck and it has David Goggins. What would Goggins say? You know, that just kind of those little things that to remind you to remind you like, yeah. Hey, today's hard, but tomorrow will be better. You know? So those are the kind of things I do. For sure. What about you? Yeah, do you I have remember, anything specific? Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, like, I remember when um, you had gone through the accident and, um, and like, I just kind of from a, for the periphery, like sort of observed the recovery. And it was just very, very impressed <laughs> I because I think it's, it's no, yeah, it's no small thing. And I think that like um, in medicine, you, you realize that like um, after um, a setback, whether it be a heart a, a heart attack or a stroke or any of these things, um, the, re the recovery trajectory can be very different for diff for other people. And sure, there's some genetic aspects to it. There's like um, access to resources, these kinds of things. But I think like a huge, huge, huge part of it is is uh, the determination of the person, right? Definitely. To actually do the physical therapy exercises to, to, and then also not to have your spirit sort of broken down. And, and those yeah. things are hard. Um, and then also like, like I remember sort of when I was in the trenches of doing consulting and thinking, wow, this is like, I, I think I might've just like thrown away my career in medicine. That would have been much better than this. And uh, I had to realize like, no, I need to keep just going. And I, and, and um, it is quite difficult. Right. And, but uh somehow, you know, through support of other people, through just determination, um, you know, I eventually got to where I, where I am today. Two things, the, the recovery thing and, and kind of having that determination, that was a big part of my recovery, you know, and I always say the reason I'm walking today is because of my wife, but I remember leaving the hospital and I've talked about this in a prior episode, but I remember leaving the hospital, coming home, thinking I was going to be better. I'm out of the hospital. I'm better. And I'm just like halfway through the week of being home. I'm like, I just break down crying and, and I'm apologizing to her for having to take care of me. I was in a neck brace and a chest brace, couldn't go to the bathroom by myself, couldn't shower by myself. And I just start crying. And she's like, what's wrong? Did I hurt you? Like she was cleaning me. And I just apologized for like letting her, having her take care of me for the rest of life. And she sprayed me with the shower head. Same story. Always. I always laugh at it, but she sprayed me with the shower head. And she's like, if you think like that, this is going to be your normal. Like you've been through multiple deployments, all the shit you've yeah. been through and you've overcome. It just kind of snapped me back to reality to, to not feel sorry for myself. Yeah, I was in a shitty position, but I like to say this. Someone always has it worse. You know, someone always has it worse. And she just reminded me from that day on, I was trying to do the physical therapy exercises in my living room. And then I got sent to VA physical therapy and it was just, I was on and cracking and it just, uh, just, just kept me going. So 
you know, with, with that mindset of like the help from my wife and having that determination, you kind of brought that up. Um, you have to have the determination and the confidence to switch careers and have, like we said, the discipline to pivot. So I was curious on, you know, I know you said you kind of struggled a little bit and we were worried a little bit, but how, how can people utilize their discipline to pivot their life when, when they're struggling? Yeah. So, um, I think there are a couple things and one of the, one of the things is, uh, first, like, I guess, look before you leave. Right. So, um, even when you make an, a, a, what appears to be an abrupt transition, I think it should sort of be an informed one. So first, like take account of like, what are your actual responsibilities and then take account for like the fact that like there's uncertainty. So for me, what that happened to be was, um, you know, I, I, I was pretty sure, uh, so I wanted to go into surgery and I was very involved with this one urologist and, you know, going to the meetings and these kinds of things. And I think what really struck it for me was that when I looked at like what all the urologists, like what their lives were like and sort of what they were doing day to day, it didn't really seem like something that I wanted to do or, or like I wanted to be like. And so I had this insight where it was like, well, I'm sort of like running through the tunnel and the light at the end is not one that I'm that excited about. Like that's probably that's a pretty important signal to have. And then on the other hand, I was in this kind of investing club that was run by um, one of the PhD students at, uh, at my university. And I was having a lot of fun in that. And I was kind of like spending a lot of time, like my own time, like doing these kinds of things and thinking about these um, projects. And that's another signal. It's like, what are you sort of just doing innately? Um, I think, you, you know, it's really important to like try to meditate on what your interests are and, and sort of like where there's like what kind of jobs align with those interests. That sounds very, you know, abstract, but, but basically one signal is like, what are you sort of doing innately? And so then I realized, well, okay, well, you know, I like this investing thing. There are doctors doing this thing and maybe I should talk with some of them. And so I, I ended up doing that and ended up getting an internship um, doing that thing. And then like almost your medical rotations where you kind of, go to peds, go to internal medicine, go to OBGYN and get to experience what it's like working with them. I did this internship and I actually had a blast, right? And so that for me was like the final nail in the coffin. And I was like, well, I like this a lot more than all those other things. I should probably try to do that. Now, getting back to the leap, look, uh, look before you leap thing. I realized, look, I, I talked to my counselors. I said, I said, if I try this, um, am I, can I, and I don't like it, can I reapply back into medicine? And although there was probably a hit to be taken in terms of, uh, well, maybe these more competitive one uh, residencies would not be so happy with that, um, it ultimately boiled down to like, I could still have a job in medicine and I could still have, and that for me, you know, I could still provide for my family, these kinds of things. So what I've just laid out is kind of a risk analysis. Like what is actually the risk? Um, and the risk is that like, yeah, I'd waste some time, which is valuable, but at the same time, I'd still be able to, at the end of the day, you know, maybe I'd be a year or two later, I'd still be able to apply back into medicine. And so, so that was sort of the look before you leap aspect. Then the leap aspect is just like really doing it. And I think that even um, at some forward thinking universities, moving outside of medicine is not something that's that accepted. And so you, there is an aspect of like, well, there will be it'll sort of feel weird because like, like almost, I'd say like 90% of my class like went into this thing. And so it, there's a, an odd social aspect to it. But I think what I realized is like all the things that like these people were excited about, I wasn't that excited about. So I, I ultimately trusted that intuition and, and did it in a way that was 
somewhat safe, like risk mitigated. I love that. And I, I kind of want to bring up a, a topic with that. You know, we always preach, like, keep doing it, keep going. Things will get better. Um, if you keep working at it, you know, you'll be successful. It's we kind of, we've already touched on that and how I was always raised, but at what point were you, was it just the seeing where your excitement was elsewhere, but what, at what point were you like, I can no longer work, keep working at this where I feel like I'll be successful. So I think it's like when I look back to when I was doing chemistry in college. So the reason I was really good at it is because I just loved it. <laughs> And then I like I I thought like oh I'll be a chemistry professor but I realized that like actually if you are a chemistry professor you're not really just spending your time teaching it's the job is actually a bunch of other stuff. Um but the reason I was really good at it is because I really loved it and I think that like I just realized that that same thing wasn't in medicine for me. And um the aspects that I did really love were you know scientific related but I think that that is very different than actually practicing medicine day to day. And so I think to answer your point more crisply, it was just doing day in and day out working as a urologist, like basically um, work like shadowing a urologist, doing what they do. And that is your day in the life. And I think that like one thing that probably has a lot of alpha, as we call it in the investing space, like like the returns over the baseline. So excess returns is by like reaching out to people, cold calling them, going through LinkedIn, just like pounding the pavement, like asking, hey. And I have 15 minutes of time. I'm interested in this career and I'd love to just sort of pick your brain about it and then sort of be nice, um, you know, enthusiastic and and but like straight to the point, like ask them, like, do you like these kinds of things and sort of understand what you're getting from those people. And, and basically that can be sort of the same as like a rotation where you're doing the day to day if you don't if you can't actually physically do that. Um, but I got just the wrong signal from that. And so and that's sort of what gave me, I guess, the confidence to to pursue something else. And then the other aspect is I did sort of do the cold calling aspects of uh, to physicians that were doing this thing that I wanted to do. And I got confirmatory evidence from that. So it's always like, uh, you know, you, you just move towards like the stimulus that is, that is providing you with good signal, I guess. Again, I, I'd like to uh, talk on that le- look before you leap, because you took time to make the effort to see if this was going to be beneficial for you and not just like, Hey, I'm jumping out and going to figure out what I I'm going to do. So that's very important. I kind of want to like put a perspective because you've been in medicine and now you're doing something different. But now my perspective on that is when I came into medical school, I was interested in an ortho, like ortho surgery all the way. Like I was into sports. I loved athletics. You know, I thought like maybe I can work with like professional athletes because at the time in San Diego, my wife was working for an orthopedic surgeon who saw all the San Diego chargers. I was like, I would love to do that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know? And then first year of medical school was like the first semester, maybe September of the first semester. My wife and my oldest daughter, before we had our youngest, went back to California for a whole month. And I was fucking miserable. I was like, (laughs) this fucking sucks. Like, Uh you know, like I can imagine, I couldn't imagine going into ortho, which is a five, six year residency, which is like one of the most demanding residencies where they work like a hundred and something hours a week where I won't see my family. And that yeah. put it into perspective for me. I was like, that, let me figure out what the fuck I'm going to do else. You know? So I was like, okay. I started like reaching out to alumni from my school for radiologists. And, you know, I started interviewing them. Like you said, I interviewed them. I, I asked them a bunch of questions and I did anesthesiology and I like, asked them a bunch of questions and I was like, maybe ophthalmology, you know? And then I like d- derm, you know, like they're yeah. the road specialties, like the lifestyle specialties. And, you know, you don't want to say that because lifestyle people are kind of like old school medicine or against that, but it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me. I am who I am. I'm yeah. going to say what I like, but you know, I wasn't really interested in during, cause I remember coming into medicine 
my mother-in-law's like, you should be, yeah, you should look into derm. Like I see my dermatologist all the time. They have a great life. I was like, at the time I was ignorant. I thought they just knew pimples, did pimples and abscess, you yeah. know? So then I went to a talk from one of my alumni and she was like a, a second year resident. And she was just talking about like the diversity of, of dermatology, practicing medicine, managing pharmacology, managing, managing medicine, the procedural aspect, working with my hands, you go into Mohs surgery and do all this facial reconstructive and it's mm -hmm. all in office outpatient. And you could be home by like five, five o'clock and no weekends. If you don't want to, there's no emergency, there's no call. And I was like, that's what I want. I want to be able to yeah. do that and have my time to see my patients and have time with my kids. You know, like I don't want to be on a Friday night, like a, my daughter's dance recital, or like a soccer game or something on a Saturday where they call me, Hey, you need to come in and do the surgery because you're an orthopedic surgeon or a tra trauma yeah. surgeon or a gen surgeon, you know, like it just wasn't what I wanted. And Durham allows me to practice medicine, do surgery and still have a great lifestyle with my family. And I always say this, if my family is happy at home, I will be a hundred times the doctor, a hundred times better doctor to my patients because I won't be stressed out about worrying about hurting my family, you know? And we, yeah. we kind of, we, we kind of talked about this. We didn't go to, no one of our families went to college and none of them, let alone went to medicine. I broke the cycle of addiction and people not going to my, going to college in my family. And I don't want to be a doctor who's like never around for my kids. And my kids are like, fuck that. I'm not going to school or I'm not going to go into medicine just because my dad had a bad example, was a bad example, you know? So that was another thing. I'm not just looking for me to be happy. I'm also looking for the future of my kids. And that just all came into perspective and hit me like the second semester of first year. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's where I'm going. And again, I've reached out to dermatologists. I've interviewed them. I'm on the DIGA podcast and I'm interacting with them and they love their job and I enjoy it. You know, I've enjoyed what they've talked to me about and, and the stuff that I've seen. So, um, that was just a quick tangent just cause I'm kind of passionate about it. Again, there's that passion yeah, thing, but I, well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think like one thing that I'm hearing though, that, that is very, very true. Like these are, is that there are always, always, always trade-offs. There are always trade-offs. And so, and so you can really like one specialty that can be true and it might have a deal breaker attached to it. Those, those are true statements. Um, so it's, it's often difficult because you can get confused by the fact that like, oh, I really like this one thing. You might actually really like it, but if there are like, what is the actual trade-off? And you have, and the best decision for it is sort of weighing all those things into account. And I think that it's often, especially with things that are like glamorized, like ortho or whatever, like, um, it's hard to internalize what those trade-offs are. And then the other aspect too, what, like the other piece of alpha too, is that like when you're interviewing people too, sometimes you have to realize that sometimes it's too painful to say the truth. And so sometimes like, you can't just straight up ask someone like, would you do this again? Like some people will give you the right answer, but, um, but, but sometimes it's almost uh, too painful to say, no, I wouldn't do this again. Or like, I didn't, I think this was a mistake or that I don't like this because it's kind of shattering to your ego a bit. Right. Um, and it's painful to, to vocalize that. So yeah. you have to be a little nuanced when you're talking with people, but oftentimes you'll, you'll, you will get good information. Yeah. I think, when I would interact with my wife's orthopedic surgeon doctors at that practice, they were just, they were miserable. Every time I saw them, they just looked burnt out and exhausted. And every time yeah. I talked to a dermatologist, these people are spry and love. They're just excited, you know? Yeah. And every, like, I bring up that thing is there, there was like, I didn't say like, would you do it again? I was like, if there's one thing you would change in your career, what would it be? They, most of the time, like, I think every time I've asked that question, like nothing, I love what I do on a daily basis and I get to have time with my family. And that's one of the reasons I love it. So, yeah. You know, I, the visual inspection is totally key, right? So it's like, um, unfortunately, medicine is a difficult career, and it takes a toll on on the health of 
of residents, of yeah. attendings, and especially those that work very grueling hours in the hospital. And you can visually see that. You can see that people don't look healthy or don't look happy. Uh, not everyone is like that, right? But like that's that's the visual aspect. Like just like kind of looking and saying like like uh, what what am I assessing here? Right. That's that's very important. And to to intertwine both our stories, we both kind of like you said, found that trade-off. Like we may like this, but what else, what is attached with that that we're going to enjoy? So I like how we can interconnect that and, and just basically to have like a supportive, uh, support of what you're saying of like when you have to change your mind or switch switch careers or if it doesn't have to be career, but change something in your life that needs to be changed, you know? Do you have any other advice for people when they're struggling? Like they're trying to, they're on the fence about something they don't know where to jump, which way or the other? I mean, it's really hard to give general advice because um general advice is often just like not that useful and i think that actually specific advice is really really important because to make the like to give the actual advice it's like you have to want to it's like oh i'm a i'm a i'm a i'm a father like looking to do this career transition you want to speak to other fathers that have done the career transition because i'm not a father and so like the advice that i would give wouldn't necessarily be super relevant so i think the general advice that i could give would be like find someone in that similar situation to ask pick their brain about that. The other um, general advice that I can give is, um, is yeah, find a mentor. Like, uh, it's really, really important to find someone that, that has, well, I guess this is the same thing as the, as the prior thing, but like has the, has the experience or ha it has done the things that you've done to basically ask them about. Um, and then the last general piece of advice would be like, just take action. Like, basically, I think that, um, that, you know, a lot of us, will struggle and just like kind of spin our wheels and, and really it's like to just, just do like one thing and then and then get the feedback say like okay well i sent this one email like um uh, uh, and i had this one conversation but it wasn't what i expected so I just, just do one just do something like basically a bias for action but i i appreciate that again the thing about spinning wheels you know people are like oh i am doing this stuff i'm doing this stuff but if you're just sending an email and maybe not following up with these people maybe contacting multiple people remember if that's just one person yeah. that's n equals one that's not enough you know you need to have multiple people you talk to to get a perspective and that's why i enjoy talking to people and i love reaching out to people and and having i guess you could say mentors but i i've reached out to everyone that's matched in dermatology in the last four years from my school you know in that yeah. sense if you're talking about reaching out so now i'm getting the perspective of what they did how they're enjoying the residency how they're doing that and just kind of taking it in i always say that uh like experience is power. You know, people say knowledge, that's true. You know, I can learn a lot from books, but experience, what I learned from observing others and, and the stuff I've been through is very important. I think that's important. Again, like you experienced your four years of medicine and it wasn't what you wanted. And you were able to reach out to other people, reach out to mentors and talk to other people and find out another avenue that's going to give you a successful life. Yeah. And I think uh, one, one, like one thing that should always be kept in the back of anyone's head is like, well, um, there are there are general truths and like things that are generally you know worthwhile, but like everyone's different, and so like some like some people um, might might find a, a a different way of approaching things um, because maybe they're less outgoing, and so it's like they're able to do uh, they're able to kind of get the same information a different way. So it's, I guess like what I'm saying is that if uh, any if anything that like you hear or people uh, people say is like this is the best way, it's like well there there could be some general truths within that, but like. Um, people are, are quite different. And so there's, right. there's always maybe a different way of going about it too. Right. But yeah, just a bias reaction is, is probably like, a, yeah. uh, in, in both of those cases that applies. Yeah. Again, having, like you said, talking to multiple people and kind of uh, 
doing a little soul searching, I guess you would say if you're gonna use a cliche like verbiage. But once you get all this information from people, like take it in and like, where would I fit well? Would this work well for me? So I like yeah. that you said that. Yeah. So um, do you have anything else you want to talk about, Chris? Sure. Well, I mean, so uh, you've mentioned wanting to start up some businesses. So I'm curious to uh, hear more about um, what got you interested in that and like what kinds of businesses and these kinds of things. Okay. So I think the biggest thing is I want a passive income. And <laughs> you know, one of the reasons I'm interested in dermatology gives me the lifestyle to have time off. I can work four days a week, make good money, be off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and have spent time with my family. And I think that comes from, it comes from my deployments. I was in the military from 2010 to 2014, and I deployed yeah. three times in four years, you know, and but at the time it was just me and my wife and that was kind of okay. You know, it sucked leaving for nine months at a time, but now that I have kids, I don't want that. You know, I'm only 31 years old, but you know, I want to enjoy my time off. I'm, I love working hard. I will bust my ass, but when I want to be off, I want to be off. So I started thinking about things that I enjoy and how I can make passive income, you know? So one of that is owning multiple rental properties. And here we bought, like I said, we bought this one in Colorado. I'm going to rent it to medical students. Next, when we go to residency, I'm going to try to buy again. There's residents there for four years at all times, every yeah. For the rest of that time, that program's there. That's going to be another one where I'll have long-term rentals. After that, you know, I want to own a property in Montana uh, on the beach in San Diego and then internationally, probably Cabo, where I have like an Airbnbs for people to go and visit. So that's kind of like rental business is guess what you would say? Yeah. Following, following that, you know, I want to open a gym. Fitness has always been a big part of my life. I love exercising. I love lifting weights. I love the environment of like an old school bodybuilding gym with like hardcore metal playing. All the weights are clanging. And I just envision opening this gym that uh, I would love to be at. And I'm sure people would love to be at. And, you know, people say that going into fitness and owning a gym is more of a passion thing. And that could be it. Um, but with determination, I feel like you could do anything. And then I think finally, is, uh, go, ahead. go ahead. And I guess finally, oh. you know, after I practice medicine for if I can have this like properties and stuff that brings in enough money. And I say I practice medicine for 10 years. When I'm a practicing doctor, it's going to sound crazy. I'll be 38. If I practice till 48, you know, then maybe I'll just overshadow a couple, uh, oversee a couple of dermatology practices where I come in like once a week, do some Mohs surgery, and I just run those. You know, that's kind of like where I'm at, where I'm making this passive income. I think what's really important is like, um, is that you're actually just sort of like thinking like, okay, like what, like what, uh, what, what do I sort of want to like, what does my life kind of sort of want to it to be like when I'm 48? Like, what do I sort of want it to be like when I'm 58? Even if the things that you're sort of hooking up aren't actually what happens, I think just like getting to the table, so to speak, and just like thinking about it is yeah. like probably where a ton of alpha is too. Yeah. I think, you know, oftentimes, you know, we're so cons consumed in our day to day activities, we don't actually like think about like, shoot. Like, I think one thing I thought about is like, shoot, like, I am like you. I'm uh, 32 years old or almost 32 years yeah. old, right? Uh, and, and, um, and I can think of what 10 years was like. And so basically like that fast forward, I'm going to be 40 soon. What do like, I sort of, and I don't like exercising that much, but like, I don't want to be like unhealthy when I'm 40. I don't want to like right. not be able to move very much. And so right. like that very much is a, is a big motivator. Um, just sort of like thinking like, okay, in 10 years, like there will be, I will be, you know, here and like what, like you know, that's a lot of time and you could, you could go a lot of different ways in 10 years. Right. Yeah. Um, the other aspect I want to touch on is like, 
So you said, okay, I want to rent these properties out to like medical students and like residents. That's really cool because it's playing with what you have is what is quote unquote an unfair advantage, right? Like you sort of, you just know, like this local knowledge, like, oh, I know medical students. I sort of know, like, I, I know this area. And, and I think that like a lot of us like discount like the local knowledge that we have that is actually competitive. And so I, I think it's always great to like utilize that local knowledge or that like that sort of unfair advantage. Like I, I am a medical student connected with this. Like I know the other students that are looking for housing. Yep. I'm in the Facebook group. Like, yep. or I exactly. mean, it probably isn't Facebook anymore. No, right? it but is. Like, yeah. 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 Every time like, I need, so that's every, your, go ahead. That's your, uncom- that's your unfair advantage. And yeah. I think when you, when you look at like, um, I don't know, Wall Street Journal, these kinds of things, and it, it, it's just like, it, you sort of feel like, oh, maybe I don't have um any crazy insights actually no those things that you do know are the alpha those things you do know aren't what's gonna you know differentiate yourself i love that in that book i'm reading i'll link that in the show notes but he talks about it as career capital what do you have to like use to trade in for this for this expertise as you said or this advantage unfair advantage and that's true you know like every year a new class comes in they start a new facebook group so when i leave in 2024 of this colorado because i probably won't get in residence here because there's only one i've never taken a do which is fine, but I will be on that Facebook group saying, hey, I have a four bedroom house that I'm looking to rent out to medical students, blah, 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 blah. And that's going to be that. And then when we go to residency, try to buy, live there for four years and first year residence, hey, you know, this house right here from far, not far from the medical practice you're going to be practicing at, you know, it's a nice area, blah, blah, blah. Basically, that's what you're saying. And that's, that's my plan. Awesome, man. To, 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 to jump back, I just had a little Tourette's there. <laughs> to jump back to the, uh, like the thinking of that, of your future. You know, I, I catch myself doing that on a regular basis. And I talk, I verbalize, I verbalize it out loud every day to my wife. And I verbalize it to my, one of my best friends. You know, one of my goals is there's three of us that I've talked to like, Hey, you know, like I'm going to buy these properties. Why don't each of us go in on it? And we can have this passive income three ways, you know? And I verbalize it to them. Sometimes they laugh and like, Oh yeah, the properties. And I'm like, no, like I'm visualizing this now because it's going to happen. We were in Crested Butte this last summer here in Colorado and there's this beautiful mountain house like cabin I was like visualize that that's our place and we're going to modify yeah. it to look like our place and put it out there you know and everyone's like speak it into existence and I'm not that crazy hippy dippy person but there is things to putting it out there and having a goal that you talk about so that you're chipping away to get there at a sometime some point in your life yeah no totally it doesn't have to get into the, that spiritual aspect but I just think like um uh like I said, like, I think modern life is demanding and you kind of go in from thing to thing. And, and sometimes you don't take the time to think about like, well, you know, where would I like to be in 10 years? And, and the truth is that like, that's a lot of time and you could really, really be in a different place. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's sort of hard to understand because I think we're like, we're not very good at, uh, at looking into the future and thinking about like things that are exponential curves or like these kinds of things there. It's because we don't really experience that that much in, in our in our day-to-day lives like these things are more elements of modernity and so it's hard to sort of understand those aspects i think uh something my sister-in-law always told me i was like damn like when i was trying to get into medicine i was like yeah i'm gonna be this this year old this this age blah 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 and she's like yeah you're gonna be fucking 48 either way or 38 either way <laughs> so why don't you do it you know same thing like look to the future and in 10 years we'll be 31 32 years old where do we want to yeah. be you know like why don't we do those things so we're not just for 42 sorry with like a bad health or like no property or no thing, nothing that we have to invest, you know, that type of thinking. It's just true. I don't know. There's people get away from that. And I just, before you go on to that topic, I just feel like 
there's a problem with like social media and like YouTube and all that stuff and TikTok because people make people can make a lot of money doing that stuff. But there's so many people nowadays that are so worried about being successful or like going viral instead of like putting in the work to get to where they need to be. Definitely. Like, I think, um, so one thing that I had, had been thinking of is, so I got into rock climbing. Cause like, I don't, like I said, I think I, like exercise is important, but like, I'm not, uh, and I see you like pumping all this iron and like getting like pumped. Right. Like, and I'm like, well, getting back to interest, like, I, I'm not that in, like for me, I like, I think, um, I'm not that interested in like lifting weights like that. Um, and so, but one thing that I am really interested in is like rock climbing. Cause I feel yeah. like it's like play for me. It's like, it's yeah. problem solving. It's play. When you get to go outdoors, there's like this nature aspect. That's really yeah. cool about it. And then also it's a lens into travel. So like when you travel places, if you have something to sort of ground your travel, it makes it a little bit more meaningful yeah. and you can link your travel. And so like, if I go rock climbing here and here and here across America, like that's going to, I don't know, like at the end of it all, it's going to feel really yeah. fulfilling, right? Like yeah. I climbed like across America. So one thing I was thinking is like, okay, well, you know, uh, I had this goal, like I started climbing outdoors with my friend down the street and he, and we're like, well, we should like, you know, try to do some of these bigger climbs. And I was like, man, in 10 years, we could do El Capitan. Like, this is like that huge, 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 yep. um, cliff face in Yosemite. And I was like, why not? Like, why not just think like in 10 years, like we could get this, gain the skills to do that. And it's just fun to think about that. Hell and you can yeah. even say, well, 10 years, like, why not five? Like, but, yeah. but I mean, so I think this just all gets back to the point is like, in a, in a, a large span of time, you can actually be, uh, accomplish things that seem daunting at first. I agree. And just I, very slowly, <laughs> very true. And I think I love that you brought that up about finding that stuff that you enjoy because I love lifting weights, but I also love riding my mountain bike still, even after I broke yeah. my neck. And that's an exercise oh, in itself. And I can get out there. And like you said, I've traveled to some of the beautiful, most beautiful places I've ever been on my bike around the country to ride. And I'm getting an exercise and I'm enjoying it. And there's that little bit of thrill seeking with it too. But again, you just, you have that, you have that interest that can get you going. It doesn't have to be in the weight room inside a square box, you know, getting your exercise and there's other things. So I like that you brought that up. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, the, other, the thing I was going to say is like, a lot of people talk about exercising and these kinds of things. And most of it, even probably in this discussion is like kind of showing off a bit, but like, I think the important aspect that we like discount is like, it's really important to your happiness and your like well-being. Um, and if I think about the times where I was like, you know, am I lowest? Like I was probably very inactive and there's, this is probably pretty true in terms of like just the science behind it, the neuroscience, like just all this. And, and it's like, um, just in terms of having the ability to keep going on, I think uh, it's important to, to be active, to just take care of your body. And then the other aspect I think that's interesting, and in um, I don't know if you've talked about this on your, on your podcast before, but like being in New York, like one of the things, so I moved to New York from San Francisco. One of the things that's crazy here, and especially in finance, is um, people drink alcohol a lot. And, you know, I've always liked cocktails or whatever, but like I found myself like, like like uh as you get older you're like wow i can't really drink that much anymore and and yeah. in fact like i sort of want to just not drink at all yeah. like i think it'll be like much better for me but like it's hard because in the social context it's um it's difficult but like i i guess what i'm trying to get at is like there are these decisions that you can make and sometimes like they might feel uncomfortable but like what is your actual the goal that's important to you it's probably not uh you know like for me it's like it's probably to feel better and to be healthier and uh uh, maybe that means 
not doing what everyone else is doing. And you hit it on the head because I have talked about this. You know, yeah. you could drink, you could drink a couple times, you know, on the weekend, and then wake up on Monday and feel like shit. Like, how are you going to feel for the next three days? As you said, as we've gotten older, it's harder to recover from alcohol. So you know, like if you're going rock climbing, if you're doing some type of exercise, or you're going to go in the gym, your performance is going to be delayed by three or four days. And yep. we're doing things to have a, to be purposeful. So I want to be in the gym to maximize my exercise. You want to be rock climbing to maximize your skill to get better skills to move on. And if you're sluggish, that won't happen. So that's yep. the kind of thing I, I think about. And then you talked about the social, social context of drinking. And this is where the discipline comes in and the discipline to pivot away from that, that thought press process. You have to be disciplined in yourself to say, hey, you know, there is a social context going on, but I don't need to drink. I know what, you, what my end goal is, like you said. So I don't need to drink. You know, I can hang out and drink water. And if my friends give me shit, oh, well, I'm okay at taking shit from them. Or I don't need to be around them if they're constantly drinking and I don't want to be around that. Again, that's discipline to also jump back to like your happy and well-being that kind of ties back into the discipline to pivot as well, because if you're in a profession or doing something that you can't see yourself being happy at one point, you have to dis you have to pivot and find the avenue that's going to make you successful that you are also happy doing. And we touched on that with you switching to consulting and me changing from like ortho surgery to derm. Um, so I just wanted to loop all that back into the topic of our discussion. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. I appreciate you coming on, Chris. And uh, I'm glad we've had this conversation and you shared your story and you were open about it so other people can learn from you. Awesome, man. Thanks so much, Nate, for having me and uh, would love to come back.